Hello, everybody. Good day to you, weirdos. This is Weird Religion. My name is Brian Doak. I'm a biblical scholar, and this is my colleague, Leah Payne. Hi, I'm Leah Payne. I am a historian who loves very strange religious movements. <laughs> you just came back. <sighs> Speaking of, yes. From a conference. I did. Tell me how it went. Oh, my. No, do this first. You know. Do this first. Oh, humor me. Humor me. Okay. Humor, humor, humor our audience, because maybe, maybe there's somebody listening who has never attended an academic conference. <sighs> What is an academic conference? What's the idea of it? What do you do there? What's it like? Well, that's a great question. And there's a standard answer to that, which is an academic conference is a place where scholars from all over in a particular field get together. They present research. I think mm. ideally you present the research that you are eventually going to publish and you subject it to your colleagues and yeah. they give you valuable feedback. Now, and when then, you say when you say present the research, do you just yeah. mean like in the hallway? Are there like well, tables? How, oh, do you, how do you do it? That's great. Great follow-up question. As you know, <laughs> as you know, usually happens in, there's usually a plenary address, which is a main event where you get a famous scholar to come in and talk to everybody. Oh yeah. And then you have little subsections where people break up and go into small rooms mm -hmm. and talk about whatever very, very specific weird you know, mm -hmm. academic specialty you have. And I love academic conferences because they're that rare opportunity where very nerdy people get to find like their nerdy soulmates. Oh, um, right. Do you, do you like that? Now I'm an extrovert, so I've been missing academic com conferences. You're not. How do you feel about the academic conference? Cause I just gave kind of a rosy, yes. rosy portrait of yes. it. <laughs> That's so uh, I, here, so I'm guessing when when you're in a very nerdy kind of zone and, and you get in like a weird little room and then other people get in there and people start like geeking out over like this weird topic. Yeah, you're I like, love it. I love you're it. You're like, you're going 12 out of 10. I'm like on fire. I'm having so I, much fun. I sink into the ground and I start thinking, <laughs> I sink into the ground and I start thinking, what are we all doing here? Oh, this is worthless. Like, you just get so philosophical. About I do. Things. I do. I do. I, you know, so at m many conferences, especially of the type <laughs> that, that Dr. Payne and I frequent, there are often book displays oh, yes. where editors will come and display all their newest wares. Come and see yes, my books. Yes. That is a particularly depressing place for me. Why? Because I just look at all the books and I'm like, A, these are books I'm not writing. Mm. B, much of this is of just, it makes me think of the time. This is not about anyone else. This is about me. <laughs> I own this, but I'm like, this is meaningless. Like all of this, uh, these books, like what, like just proliferating these books and all the hopes and dreams that are poured into them. Like, and you're writing a book right now and I'm discouraging yes. you, but I'm not discouraging no, you because you're filled no. with so much encouragement. I'm an eternal optimist. Yeah. So you cannot, you cannot um, out yeah. Ecclesiastes me. Yep. yep. Um, and for that, I give you a round of applause. Yes. Yes. But this was a special conference because it was one of those sort of hybrid conferences. It's called the Society for Pentecostal Studies. And so it is composed of many scholars who are they themselves, mm -hmm. Pentecostal or charismatic. And yes. so that just adds a special kind of, mm -hmm. um, it's a special concoction. Yep. It's not like your normal academic conference. People like- <laughs> Hug and cry. Hug and cry. Now shout. Now laugh. Pentecostals and Charismatics are historically, and maybe unfairly, but just mm -hmm. bear with me here because mm -hmm. I have a question in mind. Right. Are not known for being intellectual. Intellectuals or scholars, and yet there you have this very rarefied gathering of people who participate, as you just said, many of them as practitioners in this mm -hmm. kind of movement, which is 
at its very best, ecstatic, speaking in tongues. And yet there they are also appealing to the organized Wissenschaft of, you know, academia. Like d d d people must be constantly noting how weird that is. Yes, explicitly. they do. They do note that. And I think some of that has to do with our enlightenment categories of making distinctions between religious and um, non-religious forms. Like if we, I I'm thinking of uh, Richard King who wrote a book called and now I'm I'm blanking on what it's called um but I'll have to but he basically wrote a book where he talks about how the modern world makes these oh you're looking it up right now makes these distinctions keep talking between religious and non-religious or like ecstatic and rational mm -hmm. um or rational versus like non-rational ways of thinking oh this Richard King has a lot of books actually yeah yeah orientalism and religion yes is that yes the one? yeah okay. and Dr. King who I took a couple of classes from um I think makes a helpful uh, observation that a lot of the things that we categorize as ecstatic, mystical, and then we then we put them in the by default irrational or mm. non-intellectual. Those are political choices about why we put certain groups of people in certain categories. Like in that book, he talks about things that are categorized like as quote unquote Eastern yep. get put not in philosophy, yeah. which is a primarily like Western dominated category for Western thinkers, yeah. but puts them in, if you put them in a religion category, then all of a sudden you take the intellectual component out of it yeah. in, in like the frame. I'm not saying that it's not intellectual, but yeah. so I think a lot of times people mistakenly look at charismatics and Pentecostals and I do want to like caveat. Yes. Charismatics and Pentecostals have historically been anti-intellectual, but that doesn't necessarily mean they all have been that way or that their ways of thinking or even like engaging with mystical ecstatic forms of thought is not actually intellectual. So all that to say, sometimes we, I, I have, I was raised in the charismatic and Pentecostal tradition, as you know, and sometimes we get scholars from the outside who are sort of surprised because what they expect is some sort of like, uh, camp meeting, holy roller, right, right. get down. And what they find are some pretty serious scholars mm -hmm. who are dedicated to interrogating mm -hmm. the charismatic and Pentecostal tradition using the tools of the academy and also contributing to like creating new tools when historic tools are not useful. And you can tell that I'm coming in from that. I can tell you're coming in from a conference right now. I am, right? <laughs> that was quite a stream of consciousness yep. there. You're welcome. I have lots of you thoughts. You asked... <laughs> I, I, I asked and I'm happy I asked. I don't oh, regret it at all. You're so nice. I have thoughts about what then the very idea of the enlightenment is or whether terms just don't even make sense. Right. Even somewhat of a, of a, of a pushback, but you know what? I'm going to save yeah, it. Go for it. I, no, no. I, no, 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 no. I'm saving no, it. You gotta go I'm saving it. it because I think that what you just said stands on its own as a miniature essay. Number one. And also number two friends, it's time. Do it for the news roundup. This is a news roundup episode, Woo! friends. And um, we're recording this. Our, our schedules have been wild lately, yes. which I'm sure you want to know about. You're like, just get to the stories. Okay. Yes. Um, but you know, we're recording this one particularly close to the release date, dangerously close. So we've got the uh -huh. most up to date. Well, not even really. I, I've got my- You've got some oldies and some my new bank, My This has become like a hoarding thing. Like I've got a, <laughs> a Google doc that has like, tons of these stories and now I'm like shuffling and now right before we do these I'm getting confused about which ones to I know I know it's many true. of them are just so good embarrassment of riches over here do you want to go first sure are you ready I am ready this one's from last night oh it's hot okay. off the presses this is hot 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 right here 
So, uh, weird religion listeners, you may have watched the Academy Awards last night. Oh, and there was a scandalous M-G. moment. Gee. Scandalous moment. Wherein Jessica Chastain won for <laughs> Best Actress. No, I, although I was super happy about that. But you know what I'm, I'm bringing up? There was a slap heard around the world. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. But wow. that's not why I bring this story up. Because there's got to be some angle here, there's right? There's a that Pentecostal a, oh, there angle. Is. Yes. You may have remembered that Denzel Washington was a part of that last night kind he was, of he was pastoral ki- role, yes, I would he, he say. Was, he was comforting Will Smith. He was kind of like taking him in and saying, hey, hey. Yeah. And oh, yes, the quote. Washington, yes. to- uh, uh, Denzel Washington, who, by the way, is always in like my top categories of Pentecostals in the public sphere. Mm. He says, at your highest moment, be careful. That's when the devil comes for you. Oh, and it is so true. Wow. I feel, right? like the, I feel like the devil also comes at the lowest moment <laughs> and yeah. in the middle. But wow. What that a, moment what seemed quote. like both, you know? Yeah. What a strange event that was. Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing that people are wondering about. Leah Payne hot take was that yeah. oh the big story oh, going the big oh. story going into the Oscars was that nobody wants to watch the Oscars the Oscars is a joke the Oscars oh, right. is irrelevant because I actually didn't watch it in real time people were texting right, right. me about which it. which could which just that could make I mean it looked authentic enough but one could could um wonder oh right whether it was staged oh boy I don't know I I thought I have no thoughts on that moment really itself but I did, I was really fascinated by Mm -hmm. um, just the insertion of a very Pentecostal reflection on what what happened at an event that, you know, you don't typically associate with like um, moments of piety or devotion. Mm -hmm. Although Denzel Washington is a very well-known Christian, you know, person, leader, But I did think that that was, I was like, whoa, all of a sudden, this is the kind of thing my mom would say. Wow. When you're at your highest, (laughs) that's when the devil. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to be quoting that for a long time. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. All right. Your turn. Great job. Thanks. Bringing that one up. Let's stick on the movie theme. All right. Let's stick with movies. Let's do it. Probably everyone in the world knows this. I just didn't. Um, Do you remember where you were when you saw The Passion of the Christ? Oh, uh, yes, uh, I do. I do. Did actually. I ever mention my wife has a funny story about how she watched The Passion of the Christ with her dad, who was like munching on a oh. huge bucket of popcorn and like <laughs> guzzling soda Are the you whole serious? time? Oh, he's yeah. like Jesus is like, Just like being gorily pulled apart. Correct. And he's like, oh, he's this like, is delicious. Yup, this is great. Oh, I've met her dad and I can picture that actually. Um, absolutely. So I was, okay. I was stunned to see this and I thought it was actually a joke, Yes. but I clicked through. Oh, Turns out no. it wasn't a joke. Oh no. As many Mel Gibson themed stories oh. would be. Oh. This is going in a better I'm direction. I'm feeling nervous about Okay. This. this is good. I want to draw this out as large okay. as possible. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> okay. There is now a, a sequel. Okay. It's called The Passion of the Christ the resurrection according to the actor jim cavaziel we're in store for mel gibson's magnum opus oh dear with the passion of the christ resurrections from movieweb.com a couple couple days ago okay okay um now my first thought i was like okay so this isn't a joke (laughs) but my second thought was like what's gonna happen are you gonna have him like wreathed in light you know interacting with the disciples i'm not saying i wouldn't want to see that but guess but guess where it goes the ascension wrong oh okay Huge wrong. Okay. Um, re- Second coming. Tr- try. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to lead you to this. Okay. I'm going to lead you to this water. 
please. You said the ascension, but let's let's get a little darker with this. Think in the other direction. Where the descent into hell? The apparently yes apparently while there isn't okay i'm reading from the article okay while there isn't much known about gibson's plans for the sequel other than what the bible tells us it's definitely getting that seems like a gibson a release date for an upcoming novel may be evidence of the film's roundabout premiere near june 16th 2023 for a book called the gospel according to mel gibson fact faith and fantasy and the passion of the christ resurrection the book is by helen bond Oh, Helen Bond. A celebrated professor of Christian origins and the New Testament. While Satan only had a couple of cameos in The Passion, it sounds like much of the film will take place in hell. This is like a Carmen video. Where we'll be likely treated to Gibson's interpretation of eternal suffering. Holy smokes. So it could be like a horror film. Oh, I, Just, okay. I, I went into this. Tell me like, you're not excited. Tell oh, me you're not a little I bit excited now. I am definitely going to watch that. Okay. Yep. We are going to do a whole series on oh, that. Oh, this is yep. going to be big yep. time. All right. Yep. Okay. That was a good one. Okay. You, you got me there. You're up. Okay. I'm sticking with the hell Satan theme. Good. This, um, good. Good. All right. This is a story from BuzzFeed News that actually is a little bit older, mm-hmm. but uh, these women say an essential oil multi-level marketing company those are called mlms yep yep has been taken over by satan nice yes really why did he why would he do that he's got well, things to do this is a fascinating thing because essential oils does feel sort of religiony you know like yes. i don't know has anyone ever tried to sell you essential oils well not sell but to get me to use them and tout their benefits yes yes i always feel like um that that it, it does feel like you have to sort of accept a certain kind of culture when people invite you into the essential oils right. thought right. practice world. Right. And so so the story basically starts off um, in August of 2021. An influencer made a big announcement on Instagram. She was quitting from a top-selling um, MLM, Young Living, and she says that they are basically a satanic cult. Satanic? What, what exactly is satanic? Uh, well, let's see here. She, let's see. uh, She posted a series of Instagram stories talking about demonic propaganda through a new age self-help book. So this is kind of an old school satanic panic Mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say, you know, I love this stuff. And, and so I was, I'll be excited to see how this story develops. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, one take on it is this is a sort of conservative evangelical person really being weirded out by yoga talk or something like that. Ah, uh, I've seen that before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, this seems to go, the accusation seems to go deeper into critiquing this idea of like wellness journey, mm-hmm. sort of the Gwyneth Paltrow, right. you know, idea about right. things. So yeah, I, I really enjoy, like there's this one, um, Okay, a section said uh, one of the the people who quit, I think it's somebody who quit. Uh Um, Yes, our prayer has always been that we would use our influence to point everything back to the one who made a way, Jesus. We know that this money and this opportunity and this voice have not been given to us because of anything we did, have done, they're not ours. It kind of reminded me of the story that we did recently about um, the, the Jesus marketing um, oh yes, group. the he gets us campaign. The he gets us campaign, but so it intersects with that too. But anyway, it's a story I'll be following closely. Can I tell related to this somewhat? Please, and, and I know someone who story. Oh boy, I know some. <laughs> I know someone who in their in their youth group culture in a Pentecostal charismatic environment, um, 
they got into things, and this is something maybe certain like quote unquote mainstream Christians would not get. Oh, um, but like they got into stuff like that. Speaking of satanic panic kind of stuff, uh-huh. and and Pentecostal charismatic groups can get really into this too. Because if you're if you're in a world in which there's spiritual warfare, you want to yeah. fight that warfare right. spiritually. I you, guess sometimes people kind of go looking for it. Yeah, like for example, I know I know someone who has been part of like prayer sessions where basically. Um, people would get like words of knowledge directly wow. that in fact, some people's clothing, even like say a sweater that someone was wearing uh-huh. that we were to, I, there I just gave it away. We were, I know someone who, it's me. That that we were to check the, the, the label on a sweater mm. and to see where it was made, mm. made in Romania. Whoa. They had, a, they had a feeling that maybe like a witch had prayed over oh, it no. and we were to destroy it. Wow. What, what did you do? I believe it was destroyed. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, you know, it, when you're in an environment, like there's a whole sociology of this too. Yes. You could get into like, well, when you're in an environment, like even if you don't believe in that, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to realistically do? Say, you know what? I, this is my sweater. I'm going to take it home. I'm going to think, I appreciate what you just said. I'm going to take it seriously. I'm going to pray about this on my own and I will decide, but then you can't wear that sweater around them again. Even if you do that. Well, y- you know, I think it sort of gets to the point of, you know how they do those social experiments where like you stand in an elevator, but you're, you face the back wall of the elevator instead sure. of the door and you try and do it. And it's just so incredibly uncomfortable. Very yeah. few people can actually, yeah. you know, go against the flow. Yeah. And so when you get into an, a moment like that, where the stakes are very high, like, right. you know, if you were to say no, then yep. there's a chance you could be accused of being right. like, um, demon possessed or something, which well, might you, sound you, strange, but like in the moment, in the moment, right. So it's either <laughs> one of the two, either not, a, you're either going to be like, a, you want to kind of go with the group. You don't want to be accused of being part of the problem. Right. This reminds me of the Salem witch trials. There's a lot of right. things like, that go hand in hand. Cause, it, Cause if someone says I have a, you know, if someone's like, this is, this is like a possessed item and you say, no, it's not. Whose voice are you then representing? Right. So, right. or the other thing is like, you could go just like cultural respect kind of way. Like say you are not a part of that group, but you were mm-hmm. happen to be mm-hmm. there that time and it feels so awkward so you're like okay and you were just like hey this is the way of these people <laughs> like right this is what they do i'm just you know either way it equals you shut your mouth you burn the sweater it screams in the fire okay <laughs> wait i feel like we need a whole follow-up with that it screams in the fire that's what happens with this okay 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 i am up all right i'm up or did i do the last one I um forgot. you're up because I, wait <laughs> wait conf- what did you just do confession like i have pulled an all-nighter um, because of like tra- and I just travel got in and, from a long and you just trip. got in. And so yeah. we're, we're confused right now. Yeah. I believe it's my turn. Okay. I think it's, your it's turn. my turn. Your turn. Okay. Let's go with that. Okay. This is from vice news. This is not too long ago. Okay. Um, as we never tire of reminding you, dear listeners, we called QAnon way before it was we cool. We did. You found it like on some weird, I don't know. What are, what are your like, every time QAnon comes up, we start like hemorrhaging listeners. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like not again. You did that obscure internet chat site thing. What was it? Reddit. Yeah. And you found you found QAnon like in as, oh. as early as there was QAnon. We okay. found it. I found it. We found we talked about it on on the pod early on. Yes. Okay. And then we we've done many many things. And it's like okay, that was fine. Okay. It had its heyday. Okay. We made a lot of fun. Okay. There was the January sixth thing. Okay. 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 Yeah. I, I saw some other story that I'm not using right now about how a QAnon gathering shut down a butterfly convention. <laughs> That was from too long ago for me to use it, but I'm, I'm doing that as a throwaway one. So that's bonus, <laughs> bonus episode there. Um, QAnon shut down a butterfly okay, thing. Okay, yeah, we need that. But look, that. look, so QAnon, thanks. 
thanks and thanks and bye. We'll wait for the next thing. Mm-hmm. Headline, mm-hmm. QAnon isn't dead. It's actually growing. <gasps> there are now 16% of US citizens in a normed survey yes. who believe in the core tenets of QAnon. There are core tenets? Yes, core tenets. The core, okay. Yeah, the core tenets of QAnon are like that there's a satanic conspiracy of like, people who eat or molest children, children yeah. and they're Democrats and it involves the Clintons oh, right. and it involves Epstein and, the, yeah, and yeah. Ver- various kinds of things. I mean, the original QAnon Soros. was like that Trump, the investigation into Trump for doing like shady things was actually an investigation by Trump right. into Hillary, which is right. going to put her in jail, which was all totally fake. Or was it? Well, apparently 16% of Americans actually it's, it's growing and more people believe it now than ever, ever before. I'm so fascinated by that. Wow. Um, so just wanted y'all to know that. Just you, just putting that out there. I wonder there. if there's anybody still left in that Dallas crew. Um, Do you know? Yeah. The, um, oh, I, I found more stories too. I mean, the, you mean the, the, the group that was hoping that JFK or yeah, RFK was yeah. going to make a return. And they said they would never leave and it kind of just peeled off. Well, there's lots. Of, it just keeps yeah. morphing. I mean, yeah. I saw a different story on this front. Another throwaway uh, story. I'll just bring it up. Yeah, which yeah. was that some people were saying, um, oh, where the heck is this? I got to find it because mm-hmm. it was just too... It was just a little, oh, it was JFK dis- disguised as you know who. Some QAnon believers, this is a post a, few, a couple months ago, January 17th. Um, there's an ad in the way and I can't read it. Okay. I can't get rid of this ad. This was the worst thing about HuffPo. Oh, HuffPo, like, you are the worst. You know, Why do I like even check your website? Cooking websites where you have to scroll down through a ton of ads to get to the recipe. Okay, go ahead. Some QAnon believers think JFK disguised himself as Trump at Arizona rally. Oh, so, I mean, it just keeps going. I mean, you can, you can just do this. <clears throat> that one is alive want. and well. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to read, this is from the New York post okay. originally published by the sun. Some, so this is where we get a lot of stories. Cause it's just quality journalism. Yeah. <laughs> really good stuff. <laughs> okay. So this is from March 8th. Um, ancient Japanese killing stone said to contain evil demon has cracked open. Man, this, this this news roundup has taken a demonic turn. It really has. There's a theme. If, if This is the headline, or this is like the first line of the, if, as if the world doesn't have enough problems, people are now worried that an evil demon locked in a rock for almost a thousand years is on the loose. Well, of yeah. course, you know, look, if that's real, you should be worried. Yeah, the <laughs> form, um, yeah, there's, the, it's really interesting because it go, delves into mythology and I do not know if this is a fact-checked um, story, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> y- yes, like. Yeah, I really like it because it all, it reminds me a little bit of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and mm-hmm. Sunnydale. Oh, very good. And I'm a little bit worried, is this, is this what's happening? Um, anyway, so that's a story I'm going to be following closely. Oh, for sure. Is there a killing stone with a demon that is now roaming the world. We need to pray to St. Michael on that one because St. Michael Fight deals the with devil. The, ge- deals with those demonic forces. Okay, your turn. All right, I'm going to get us out of this. Yeah, this yeah. Hel- this we need hellscape. to get out. We, we need to get, get out. out. Of <laughs> I just this, came back from the Pentecostal stuff. So yeah, yeah no, I, I get it. We're, I get, about, we're, we're ro- all about we're it. We're rolling okay. with it. We're rolling with it. And I'm I'm ready to believe lots of things these days <laughs> that I wasn't prepared to <laughs> believe. True. It's 2022. In the past. It's 2022. You just don't know. <laughs> Okay, this is from the University of Essex. All right. From our friends in the UK. Yeah. From a real research study here. Okay. Um, headline, world's most boring person discovered by researchers. Yes, it's me. 
No. Who you was are, it? You are in they the top like, f- single digit percentages of the world's most interesting no, people. No, no. Okay, go ahead. The most boring person in the world has been revealed by University of Ex- uh, Essex Research. Okay. And it is a religious data entry worker who likes watching TV and lives in a town. <laughs> Wait, but that that literally is me. So, <laughs> that is me. So what they did, it's not yeah. an actual person. Yes. So it's a little bit misleading, but it is kind of funny to think about research finds the most boring person, but it's the categories. Top five most boring jobs, data analysis, accounting, oh. tax insurance, cleaning, and banking. Top five most, okay, forget about it, exciting. Um, and then the top um, five most boring hobbies, sleeping, religion, watching TV, observing animals, and mathematics. So you put it all together and you get someone who likes watching TV, does religion and does data analysis or accounting and boom. That it that quite literally is me. I live in a town. I like TV. Live in a town. I she do likes TV. Religion and data analysis. I know. Ta da Maybe this I'm maybe, so boring. Maybe you are a boring person. Yep. I wouldn't have thought it, but it is. Yep. Thanks. Um, well, you know, it's because we both, you know, we both kind of do that. So okay. yeah, we're exciting. All um, right. All right. You are up. All right. I think, do I have the last? No, no, no. No, no, no. You got, you got one okay. and then I'll do, okay. I'll do a final one. I guess, okay, I want to start with a question, which is, can you have a religion of two people, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Then I want to submit the new show on Netflix um, called Bad Vegan. Okay. As a potential story of, is this a two-person religion? Okay. So Netflix has a series about a... Um, uh, about a restaurateur slash kind of lifestyle brand vegan person who used money mm-hmm. um, from her employees and got in trouble with the law. Mm. But basically this this Netflix docu-series explores the life and relationship she had with this person who really turns out to be a con artist and abuser of oh. her, but who had her convinced of this spiritual plane wherein he could, I think, guarantee that she would have endless riches and that her dog would live with her forever. Okay. And it's very like, it takes on this really mystical thing, but wow. it's just like, it's basically the two of them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a very sobering story because a lot of it has to do with their, the, the abusive dynamics right. between them. Of course she's in it a lot and they don't really, it, a lot of it is told from her perspective. So I'm sure there's more to the story, but I, it got me thinking, are these two people in a little like micro religion together. It, it does raise the question, which is, is, is worth thinking about how does, does religion need a particular number of people? Actually, let's walk it back. Yeah. Question for you. Can you have a religion with one person? Well, a lot of people say yes, because there's kind of a category, a joke sort of category called Sheilaism, where it's like people there, there's a woman who named Sheila who says, I've got a religion and it's this. And it's this. Therefore so I think it's a religion. lot of people would be like, yeah, okay, sure. let's walk it back one more. Yeah. Could you have a religion with zero people? Well, that's a good huh? question. What do you think? You're the ancient religion scholar. I like think a lot of religions you know, don't exist uh, now. Uh, I, I think it should be possible, but we're gonna yeah. have to, we'll have to unpack that. Let's not, let's return to that <laughs> later time. Okay, last story of the day. Last story of the day. It's a short story from the AP in from March eighth. Um, I'll read the whole thing because okay. it's short, and we've just got a minute here. East Greenwich, Rhode Island, AP. Okay. Several animal heads found in a plastic bag in oh. East Greenwich last month appear to be related to some sort of religious animal sacrifice ritual, the Rhode Island Society for the Prevention of Cruelty said Tuesday. The bag, originally brought to the attention of the police on February 25th near a boat launch, contained a calf's head, several rooster heads, a lamb head, and a kid goat head. 
Okay. Oh, oh my goodness. So, I mean, if you if you got that going, you're talking about maybe it also had grains and clo- colored cloth material associated with previous animal sacrifice investigations and two hand-drawn pictures. One looked like the, a letter D with an arrow through it and one looked like a smiling theater mask. Oh my goodness. So that is wow, you, you know, took it you took us way back down again into I didn't, the descent. I didn't mean for that to be the last one cuz <laughs> no. But it, I'm going to think about that at in, 2 o'clock in the morning. In the last 1 minute and 30 seconds here of the time mm-hmm. we want to mm-hmm. devote to this. Mm-hmm. One question about ancient religion I think that's that's worthy of thinking about is like almost all ancient religions have animal sacrifice in them. Mm-hmm. But animal yeah. sacri- sacrifice died away. Question is why did people? Why were people always doing animal sacrifice? Like, what was it oh, about gosh. it? Was it just like that? It conveyed a kind of seriousness, and you know, it kind of reminded people of their own death. Maybe I mean, there are all kinds of theories about this. You know, which maybe um, are not so different from the ones I just said. But you have you have more. I think you have more expertise to weigh in on that. I yeah. will say one thing that's been coming to mind because my dear friend, uh, our mutual friend, Dr. Erica Ramirez, works on. Mm-hmm unearthing and like resurfacing agricultural metaphors in modern American religion. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that makes me think of when I think of that is how far we have like gone away from these sort of like religion of the earth and to the point where animal sacrifice seems really absurd and kind of horrifying. But maybe if we were living in more close proximity with like the, our physical like the earth, the ground, the creatures of the world, we would have a different perspective on it. Thanks for listening, weirdos. For more, find us on Twitter, Insta, Facebook, and our website, weirdreligion.com. Keep it weird. Yes.